0: Daily DVR does better. Call Saul is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com, baby. Yeah! Go over to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today and use code DVR20 at any time to get 20% off your order, no minimum. Also, wanted to tell you about a couple things that are coming up. You can pre order the child from The Mandalorian, you can get a tie clip cufflinks pins it's so amazing and if you go to cufflinks.com you can get stuff for any nba team nfl ncaa major league baseball it's all there as well as the geeky stuff go check out cufflinks.com slash dvr today support our presenting sponsor and save baby get awesome products as well cufflinks.com you can get paid for your love Welcome back to Daily DVR, Does Better Call Saul? My name is Axel, and my co-host, of course, of this amazing journey is Ashea. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. So excited to talk about two, two episodes of Better Call Saul.
0: Yeah, this, man, these blew me away. Today, we're going to be diving into Better Call Saul Season 5, Episodes 1 and 2, Magic Man and 50% Off. And we'll, of course, be here every week covering the show. You can find out more about us at DVRpodcast.com. Also consider supporting us, becoming a patron, patreon.com slash DVR. And if you have any feedback for the show, we'd love to hear your feedback, DVRpodcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure to check out Ashea on Twitter. Her Twitter is at marinesenot. And at historyofwesteros.com and the Patreon, historyofwesteros, patreon.com slash historyofwesteros. You can hear their work over there. So let's just get to it. Um, this, I I mean, my initial reaction, I sat down. I was like, okay, Better Call Saul is going to be back. I'm excited. And then we get like almost 15 minutes of Gene
1: yeah, I know, it was thirteen minutes. I, I <laughs> made sure to look when I when that scene finished, I was like, man, it was a while. <laughs>
0: Ooh, I was I was the entire time I was just nervous. It brought me back to like the last two seasons of Breaking Bad, where I was just kind of almost shaking. I mean, it was just really tense. I I love the whole thing. I wanted to ask you, did you think they showed a little clip? of the gene stuff that happened before when he runs out of the hospital and then he gets into the cab and all that. Did it look to you like there was a little, like it was almost a little more sepia this time. Like there was a little more color in it or is that just me?
1: I couldn't tell. I could not tell. Okay. I would, I would like to see a supercut of them all together, which I'm sure will exist now that this one is out. Someone can put all five together. We can see them in as a sequence, and that would really tell us, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I think that – and I, I think they – speaking of how uh, the time, I heard on the Better Call Saul Insider, I think they said that this is longer than all the rest of them put together. Mm, wow. So this is like the most time we've spent. And I kind of feel like they might be doing um, the director, David Slade. Did you ever see that film he did with Ellen Page? Um, uh, which one? Uh, it was um, where she acts as though she is like a younger girl in order to kind of um, strike back at this pedophile or suspected pedophile. And um, uh, I can't remember hmm. the name of the film, but in that film, he slowly like seeps out the color until mm. it's almost black and white in the end. And I think it's called like Candy or something like that. Um, hmm. So I, wonder I have if not
1: seen it, clearly. It's,
0: it's a good film. I wonder if they're doing like a reverse in that where like the color is kind of coming in a little bit more as we talked about until it like meets cuz that would be oh awesome. hard
1: candy hard, hard candy,
0: candy that's it
1: now yeah i have Thank heard you. of that film that's but i've never movie. seen it
0: yeah david slate he later went on to do hannibal hmm. he directed a lot of those episodes um
1: yeah so he directed uh obviously uh, an episode here of Better Call Saul.
0: <laughs> Which
1: one did he direct? Episode I said
0: one or two. Yeah, it was early on, and he's—I mean, there's a lot of he—he he deals a lot with color. That's kind of his thing that he loves doing. He, who knows? Maybe a lot of that—maybe that came from him. A lot of times, the early directors set the tone for what happens in a show.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say you were talking about you know how tense everything was during this scene, and I. I my thoughts are that I felt like this for both episodes, just tense, sick to my stomach about what was happening. (laughs) Uh, I was just even more aware than ever of how, how, how sour everything's going to go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause it reminds you, you get so caught up and having all this time after seeing everything that Jimmy and Kim went through last season to now see him as Gene for so long, you know? And, like, a yeah. totally different character. Um It kind of – it really makes you reflect on the journey he's taking from becoming Jimmy to Saul. Um, what did you think of this whole Gene stuff? You know, he gets nervous. He goes to, like, Kansas. And then he comes <laughs> back, cases his own place. But then eventually <laughs> – Somebody has been watching him and we saw the, the remember. I think it was, I don't think it was last. I think it was maybe the season before they had like it. They did a shot where somebody was kind of watching.
1: Hmm. See from my thoughts here, are they play it up so much there that I feel like it's perfectly within the realm of possibility and what I hope that, but- He's just really paranoid he's just stuck with this paranoia for the rest of his life no one's after him right now and he still mm. is is just haunted by this so I like that idea but if I was gonna say it was anyone I, I feel like maybe it has something to do with nacho in the future I just don't know who would who would send someone after him and just send a pointed message and not just come after him and kill him if they want revenge uh, there has to be something more complex going on if someone is get, making this message as i suppose and when it comes to that guy talking to him jeff it was really well done with them towing the line where Everything he said could conceivably be something that a a weird, pushy dude could say. Like, easily. I could see someone saying that, but you could also see it being a very pointed message to him that they know who he is. I mean, the guy standing behind, you know, is very threatening looking. But also, if if, uh, you went up to a celebrity or someone you you recognized, your friend might just stand back.
0: Yeah, it really. Uh, you know, I I'm trying to remember that the diamonds that he has, mm-hmm. where those came from. But didn't he get those from the money that he had, and he needed to travel, so he got the diamonds?
1: Yeah, he definitely. They're not yeah, stolen no, got them.
0: or anything, right? No,
1: they're not stolen. Yeah, he just got diamonds okay. as an easier way to travel That's with money. Fo- it, it makes a lot of sense. It's smart. Actually, you can. I mean, it takes up so much uh, less space.
0: Yeah. So the I, actually, only- I
1: watched. Um, oh, there right. was a on AMC on their YouTube channel. They do some Easter egg videos for Better Call Saul sometimes for each episode. You know, they cover just like a, an Easter egg or two. You know, but one uh, I didn't notice was that um, they were doing a reference to um, Marathon Man with the diamonds in a Band Aid uh, container. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just thought that was kind of neat little thing that that is a reference to something.
0: Oh man. Yeah. That, that movie was, st- isn't that the one when he's like, is it safe? And he keeps, <laughs> going, is it safe? Um, yeah, I don't, I, uh, you know, I assumed that, um, he'd been made and that the way it went down just because of this world, the way the guy approached him. But I like the idea that you're saying maybe he just really is that paranoid And in a sense, when he's on the phone, it was great to see Robert Forrester again.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. I was so surprised. And then obviously they filmed that during El Camino.
0: Yep. Uh, Yeah, I was listening. They said that on the Better Call Saul Insider that they um, basically like – I think they they talked about this too – with how episode one and two both have the scene where he's selling the cell phones, a kind of like Saul carnival that they brought in the other director to direct then that part, because I mean, I guess that may have to do with actually like how the union works. And since it's Mm. a part of that episode, they have to be on the set directing it. Yeah. Um,
1: Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, You would think that they could just, Film it during uh, when they were filming the yeah, previous episode exactly. and move it.
0: But I think they may have done that with El Camino, um, or maybe they just picked it up because they knew they were going to use it later or something. You know, since I mean, yeah. They definitely a time said difference.
1: that they that they realized that they could shoot uh, that scene yeah. while they were doing El Camino. They're like, wait, we were going to do it with you, just not on the other side. But let's just film it now.
0: That's so fun.
1: Yeah. Um, But also to get back to, um, you know, Saul's paranoia, he, this guy recognized him, right? And even if he isn't sent by anyone, if he truly is just a dude, just a dude named Jeff, well, now he knows that Saul Goodman is living in Omaha. He's using the name Gene Tarkovic, which he gave him his name. And this guy has a very loud mouth and drives a, t- a taxi cab, so he is actually a danger to Gene, to Saul, no matter what. Now, you know, he could be. Um, so what I just couldn't help but think about was just the idea that the idea that he thinks that this is a big deal. I mean, obviously, he he says that he's not going to go through with things. After all, he's going to handle it himself. I'm imagining that means he's going to go find Jeff, right? Would you agree?
0: Yeah, I think so. So, he, I so think he's going to go
1: find Jeff. I think there's a couple things. Either Jeff is, in fact, working with someone. We'll see that. Other my The other alternative that I was thinking about was he isn't and Saul ends up you know, he realizes that this guy he can't live. That he has to decide, make a decision there oh. um, on whether to to shut him up or not. Um, I yeah, which could be very dark. And uh, yeah, I don't know what way I think it'll go, but I I want it to be paranoia. I think that is more haunting to me than someone actually after
0: you. Or I'm start now. You're leading me down that road, and I'm imagining it. And it would be just like this show to where he's like, you think that's the decision he has to make, but then the decision he makes is to like go in on a scam with him. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it rejuvenates him. Like he's now connected to the underworld in some way again, and that's really what he was missing. (laughs) Um, I think that would be kind of interesting because you're right. It could be that... This guy isn't from any of the past, but he's bad news anyway.
1: Yeah. Yes, exactly. Because he
0: has been made. That's the thing. Regardless of what it is, he's been made. Somebody there knows who he used to be, and that's dangerous.
1: Yes, exactly. And how he deals with that danger – well, well, I guess we'll probably find out yeah. at the beginning of season six.
0: I don't know. I hope there'll be more. They gave a little hint. They said we'll be seeing more of Gene. But then again, you're right. That, it could just mean, be next year.
1: Or did that mean – like did they say that before the 13 minutes we got with Gene? That's more of Gene. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it was after they were talking okay. about this episode, yeah. Okay. Um, I did want to mention, you know, in the first episode we did kind of the preview, I was talking about how I always appreciate the way they follow through with like a zoom or a pan and they totally did it exactly what I was talking about while he was on the phone. They start like way back behind um, where all the people are walking and it zooms all the way down that hallway and it's not until the camera totally stops And then he says the line of dialogue, I'm going to figure it out myself. And it was like, just, I was like, yeah, I think I did a little (laughs) cheer because that's exactly, that shot is exactly what I was talking about. They wouldn't go halfway down the hallway and then cut to the other side because of there was a different lo- line of dialogue or whatever you know that's a mm-hmm. shot that they're going to get and they had to do it maybe a couple times to get it so the dialogue ends at that time but uh it worked out perfectly and that was just that the whole thing was just once again i was blown away especially in the black and white and the snow it just looked beautiful
1: mhm
0: um oh you want to move on to uh kind of what's going on with Kim and Jimmy, or do you want to talk yeah. about Nacho and Gus? What do you want we to talk start
1: about? start with uh, Kimmy there. Okay. <laughs> uh, mainly because episode one, once we get past Gene, the first shot we get is of Kim, and the final shot we get in that episode is of Kim. Yeah. Uh, in both shots, being disturbed, just very unsettled. And throughout both episodes, you just – Ray Seahorn just – impeccably portrays her, you know, near constant she's disquiet, she's uneasy just whenever jimmy is around uh you can just tell so clearly that she feels that way but jimmy's just looking right past it. Yeah. He he just isn't seeing it.
0: <laughs> it's really something else. There's like three or four scenes where he's talking about where we kind of evolve into the story. And as we were talking about the cell phones lead to something else, and then we'll see, it's going to lead eventually to Nacho, but she's just listening to him talk. And he is just saying the worst shit, (laughs) like (laughs) like how he's going to loop his clients in. And she, you could just see on her face. She's like, so resigned she just doesn't want to fight anymore, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, she, she starts to bring yeah. it up and he's just like, oh, that's why we work. I go yeah. too far. You pull me back. Oh. I shouldn't do the sale. Uh, you just The look on her face is like she tried. But uh, kudos to her. She tries again. She does bring up her concerns. After that, they sit on the couch and she brings it up to him. And he just brushes it off though. And after that, it seems like Kim has just kind of lost all motivation to try. She seems to
0: be able to tell that he's, you know, on a rampage. Yeah. It's really sad because we see the evolution, her working herself to death, the car accident, right. Then kind Mm -hmm. of getting into like working her, working him back to the license, working her back, getting involved in his little scams. But then, Once he becomes Saul, he's taking it to the new level. And I like the way the episode just begins like two seconds after we left off in season four. They're just down the hallway Mm -hmm. getting his license. And I like that continuity and that feeling of continuity between the seasons. And I think that this is a show that thinks about that because they know how Breaking Bad blew up on Netflix and yeah. they're always cognizant I, I, of keeping the – like the, how the episodes just kind of go right into each that's other. That's a
1: great point. I didn't yeah.
0: consider that at all. Yeah, they do. That. And speaking of that, you mentioned that the, there's this shot and it's actually the same shot when um, – as we start where, where it's out of focus and then Gene mm. comes in and it's in focus. And then it's the same thing with Kim – it's mm. down the hallway out of focus. Then she steps in and becomes more in focus. Oh, so I kind catch. of felt that was like the beginning of the season is about them individually coming into focus, but not mm. with each other.
1: Oh, that's that's such a great interpretation. I love
0: that. Well, let's that's see. Very good. Because it definitely she man. She is such a great actress. I wish she yeah, had truly. won all the Emmys because. She just is really the, the part when they go to the house yeah. um is like what it's it, it's just a fantasy and it's those it's hard to watch Have you ever had friends that were a couple and you knew you know that like one of them just cheated or did something <laughs> oh, wrong, god you know, like, And you're like okay oh. yeah, Oh you guys are going great you know? Uh, that's yeah. how watching that was. I know, it's, it it's painful. painful.
1: Yeah, exactly, it is painful. I will say, speaking of that house scene, so Kim is clearly in work mode, she's like, has to get to work, and that that's when Jimmy chooses to Get in the car and go yeah. look at the house. And he says, "Oh, it'll just take a minute." It takes much more time than that. It was just really inconsiderate. Again, speaking to how little he's really looking out for her, and right now that he does that, I mean, he's just trying to—I don't know—draw her back in into the fantasy, like you were saying. Yeah,
0: and he's—he's he's definitely.
1: He's manipulating her right there. He's he's
0: in total manipulation mode, right? Everyone at all times.
1: He tells her that he drove by the house a week before and he was curious. But then when he goes in, when they're in there, it seems like he clearly had been in it before. Like there's a number of things that made it seem like he had sussed out how nice it was.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like he's not slipping. He's he's slipped like this yeah. is he's become Saul and the change from that kind of you know the season ending four speech where mm-hmm. he gets his license back and then he just and like we when we talked about to that girl who didn't get the um didn't get Chuck scholarship yeah he just has firmly decided he's never going to be that like he says you know I'm never going to be that person And so I have to be this. And um, it's really – I mean, you can't – the thing about it is it's incredibly fun to watch though. (laughs) You know, like all the times him even explaining to her about the cell phones, I'm going to give them out, you know. And then when we get to him actually giving out the cell phones – And you see how he has put the one and there's a sticker on it and (laughs) program
1: circle. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that was that was quite good. Also, you were talking about the lighter moments or the, I I suppose, the more pleasant to watch. Um, There are a couple of things at the house, you know. Like obviously there was that shower scene. That yeah, was sweet. It was. it was it was a nice little little thing to lighten the moment, to show that they still have a connection. But also at the house there was this nice line that I took note of where they're looking at the massive closet and like Kim appreciates it a bit, but then she, you know Jimmy says it's the closet of your dreams and she specifically says it's the closet of your dreams. Yeah. Which really speaks to the, you know, the separation that they have. I think.
0: Yeah. And
1: one more thing here, what do you think about this? Jimmy talks about movie nights. Who are their friends?
0: <laughs> That's a, that either was a, of them. I know. I every, I try to think, and it, and every time he had either treated people like shit. Or, you know, like make fun of people in front of her and I mean who would it be? Like Huell and Howard? That's
1: what we were joking about that exact thing about movie night with Huell and Howard. Just a funny very yeah. funny combination of people. Maybe Nacho oh. and
0: his pops show up, you know? <laughs> Mike. Mike brings the granddaughter yeah. when he's not yelling yeah. at her. Um, there we go. That yeah, it was that whole it was interesting because it shows the kind of Way that everything's fantasy to him, you know, and Mm -hmm. he really, but that's attractive, you know, Uh, a person who thinks that they can manifest everything, and I'm going to make reality. And you see, he's the the
1: magic man. Yeah,
0: the power that he can have over people is pretty exhilarating, and especially when you're the one he's focused on, but. He's not really focused on Kim.
1: No, he isn't. And one of the things I think he isn't really thinking about, and I don't know how much Kim is thinking about it, but how is this going to reflect on her, on her and all her clients? And she's a reputable lawyer and she's with dating, living with this scoundrel, the scam artist. It, it, It just can't reflect well on her. At all, let alone if, if things move forward, uh, I, I, I wonder if she is already thinking about this. I, I know think she must.
0: Yeah. yeah i Oh, I mean, he doesn't care. Right. And yeah. I, I think that that's a great point because we've seen how insular this community is, you know, and even the, um, the DA that he traps in the elevator, Suzanne, yeah. that's uh-huh. the one from last season that was yeah. prosecuting Huell. Yeah. Oh. So it's like hey, people know trick. each other. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And you knew it too. when he. Yeah, you know it yep. immediately, immediately. And I think that you're supposed to, you know? Yes. And I almost feel like she probably knew somewhere and then just didn't want to deal with it. You know what She's I'm like, saying. Okay, like,
1: we're we're stuck here. You know. Okay, <laughs> we got to do it. Let me take my heels off. Let's let's get down to it.
0: Everything is a scam. Um, I just <laughs> wanted to go back and talk uh, quickly about that scene when he is given out the cell phones, and I love the way they split it up, and we come back to it. But mm-hmm. one of the things was that just. The whole deal with the lights and the way it was shot and following down the street and that was—I'm pretty sure that that was actually a maybe it was a little bit of steady cam influence, but it seemed to me like a handheld shot. It was so old school, following all the way through that line. I just yeah. loved everything about that whole like vacant yeah, taking lot. him into
1: his like circus. T- yeah. <laughs>
0: And it was a great have- introduction for us to Saul, right because that's mm-hmm. we've seen him before, but this is like now he's out,
1: yeah, I mean Kim says i I just don't see it, and then we immediately see it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but also that this montage of his work grind very much reminded me of Kim's montage with the post it notes of her mm-hmm. work grind, mm-hmm. if you recall. And she's just, you know, grinding it out, trying to get clients. And she just is in the stairwell again, similarly to how she ends episode one in a stairwell, upset. But she's in a stairwell, you know, making calls, putting post it notes all around yeah, her. Yeah, that was
0: amazing.
1: Yeah, that's one of my favorite sequences in all of Better Call Saul, as it happens. And this definitely reminded me of that, of just how hard they are working. That's, uh, Jimmy's work yep. is
0: much different than what she was doing but he's working hard. Well, Hey, it doesn't take him long till he's like, I have 84 cases.
1: Yeah. 45. Oh, 45. 45. <laughs> okay. Not quite.
0: Thankfully
1: 45. Dang. And Kim is like, what are you going to bring on new, new help? How are you going to handle this all?
0: Well, we see how, we he see how yeah, it. we
1: see how he's handling it. It's got,
0: exactly. It's pretty quick. If he, if he's your lawyer, he's just going to be like, what are you going to do? Four years. Okay, fine. I'll take it. How about the, it depends on what's next in the docket. You know,
1: <laughs> he's got another really really good strategy there where he uh, surprises Oakley with the college film crew. Always so happy to see them come back. Maybe they'll come to movie night. They should know their films.
0: That was great. And I remember last season when they did the scam with the church and that girl was like, I've been taking improv classes and now we see, Hey, she's getting really good. She's playing the reporter now. And he not only, this was like, Uh, This, the way they come up, the writers on this show are amazing. The way they come up with like a threefold scam. He not only gets, it not only helps his case because it's intimidating the other lawyer. Right. Mm -hmm. But he gets a commercial out of it because they are shooting and it's like, you know, it's all planned. They've got their lines and he hands out about 10 cards and he gets (laughs) more clients. It's fantastic. It's amazing. Um, That's what I mean. Yeah. Like he's that, a
1: smart guy, yeah. and the writers are extremely smart, obviously. But they're portraying Jimmy as a smart guy, and man, is he very it's, clever. It's
0: fantastic. Um, we should talk about how the first episode, Magic Man, ends with um Kim. And the client who has the pregnant wife and the young child and how Mm -hmm. she eventually decides to go with Jimmy's suggestion of lying to her client that he was somebody from the DA's office. And that's where we eventually end, like you said before, with her in the hallway feeling like self-defeated about what she had done. Um, yeah, it's just, that was tough, you know. That was a real tough scene because it's I them mean, work. Yeah. Oh, go ahead.
1: Oh no, you can go on ahead. It's just
0: it is tough. Yeah, I was just <laughs> gonna say, you know, we had the fun part of them working together to get his license back to get Huel out out of trouble. Um, and then even switching the plans for Mesa Verde—that was a fun little scam that they did together. And then she know she knew it was going to that level, but it's like when someone you love takes you down with them, you know, and kind of even in a sense brings her into his addiction because that's mm-hmm. kind of what it is for him, you know. Yeah. Um, it really brings you to rock bottom. And especially with a beautiful character like Kim, who really is, I mean, she doesn't even need to be doing this case.
1: Yeah, she doesn't. You're right.
0: So she's, she's doing this like pro bono and how ha- trying and to I help mean, people out.
1: She's, she's trying to genuinely, she's trying to genuinely help him. That's why she's doing this to help Bobby the client. Right. Yeah. And Jimmy's, I mean, he's not wrong. Entirely, it's not legal. It's not what she. Sh- it's not the way she should handle it. But boy, is it going to help this kid? Like, and so she's. That's why she does it. I mean, she mm-hmm. sees it. She's like, does this? This guy doesn't. She shouldn't be in in jail this long in prison. He has this baby on the way. This this young child. I, I'll besmirch my honor for this, you know, so to speak. Like that's what she's doing, basically. But I don't know how I feel about it. I feel bad for Kim, but it's, it's,
0: it's she a can't, good
1: scam. It's a good yeah. scam. I don't think she can get caught for it. And I was for good,
0: but to be honest the, with you. It's, it's slipping Kim though, right? Because yeah, it is. there is no line. And I think as as, I mean, in any profession or in life too, right? You have to draw the line. And I think she knows regardless that she crossed her line.
1: Speaking of, uh, AMC also released a nice little YouTube video called Ethics Training with Kim Wexler. <laughs> uh, it's quite funny. It's a Saul Goodman production and has little animations in it, but also her uh, sitting there that. like, yeah, it's you know, three minutes or something like that. Um, making it very clear that she's really trying to focus on ethics. And she talks in it about how it's it. you think it might be all cut and dry, but it's actually far more complicated than that.
0: that's funny i like that but this really is this is past that's past her line you know she she doesn't it you only know it when it feels wrong and it's obvious that this felt wrong and you're right in the end it's helping the kid out but if she has to go to those measures to do it what is she going to do on the next case? And it's already bled into Mesa Verde. I wonder if that's I mean, I going to come back. I think
1: that was the line. I think that was the line.
0: Yeah, the but they Verde still stuff. yeah they still kind of had fun with it though. You know they what had I mean? Fun they didn't with have it, there's no repercussions from it for her. But I
1: feel like that was a worse thing that she did.
0: I would then have to probably agree I, I, with I you. I feel
1: like she should have felt far more guilt for that than yeah. she is feeling here. I think it's all catching up to her. But I do think that that was a thing she did that could have had huge repercussions for her, wasn't for as much good, was more dangerous. All of It was more of everything.
0: And she – yeah, she, you're right. The trouble that because of the scenario there with switching the plans, I wonder if we're going to see like – um the the woman who was there when they switched the plans and pretended they had a baby and whatnot, mm. and then they're like walking and that would make him reflect on kind of what road they're going down because we get that big emotional scene there at the end of the first episode, but then when we come into the second episode, um, we have that scene where they go and visit the house, but it's not as heavy. Um, in the second episode, but because I think the second episode was a little bit more heavier with the Lalo and Nacho stuff
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. At, at
0: the house. Um, but I did want to mention also in the second episode when there's that almost unbroken shot, and I think it is unbroken of him walking the hallways and he's readying like that goth girl yeah, for, and then he yeah. goes, Hey, over here. And then eventually it ends with Howard,
1: Yes. Yes. This is a perfect time to bring that up.
0: Yeah. Howard Howard. wants a lunch. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So I don't know what you think. My only guess as of right now, I have two guesses, I suppose. One could be he just wants to catch up or he feels guilt or I don't know. He wants a lunch my better uh, guess is that maybe it has something to do with the sandpiper money. I don't know if he's involved or an intermediary mm. at all in that, but Jimmy hasn't gotten that yet. And he should be getting like over a million
0: dollars. That's true. That's, you know what? That's great because that's probably what's going to lead to maybe getting him into the building that we see him in and breaking bad.
1: Yeah. Giving him know? some good capital. Yeah. yeah. For all that. And a but separation of I mean, Kim. You and- could, yeah, you could also see why – it reminds me, it reminded me of why Jimmy could even think that buying a house would be feasible if he's about mm. to come into a bunch of money. Um, he doesn't mention it or anything. He says, uh, you know, you're doing well. I will be, you know, et cetera. I have a bunch of clients. He doesn't mention Sandpiper at all though.
0: Yeah, but that's good because I had my notes that this was way shorter than I thought it would be. Like, oh, it's Howard. You know, and so I like your inclination that this is more important and there was a reason why because he's talking to Howard then the door is open everybody lets out and he goes, "Oh, hey, Suzanne, Suzanne." And he just kind of brushes him off.
1: It was that was so funny for him to brush out the the important Howard Hamlin yeah. so dignified, which be like, I'll, "I'll get back to you later." <laughs> and it
0: was interesting too because it wasn't um he really is so far into the into being Saul that when Howard like looks at him and is kind of like, "Oh, Saul," he's like, "Yep, that's what I'm doing." You yeah. know, like there wasn't any kind of the old Jimmy a little bit of shame.
1: Yeah, he wasn't abashed about it. Yeah. At all. Like, "Yeah, you know, I'm going by this now."
0: That was pretty interesting to me because I was kind of wondering You know, and like you're talking about how other people in the community are going to respond to Kim, like being with him, and how Saul Goodman is, how is he going to have this name kind of overtake Jimmy McGill? And it just, you have to kind of sell it 24 7 and be him. Oy, oh, it's true. I'm just, pict- I'm just picturing <laughs> Saul right now.
1: By the way, this is the first uh, introduction of the famous Saul Goodman Bluetooth.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: As he always has in Breaking Bad, and yep. we see it here used to great effect.
0: Yeah, that was that was kind of funny, and that was yeah. interesting too. Because like when Howard was around, he would do something like maybe take that out of his ear, like be a little bit more. Try to be yeah. respect, you know, and then I, it was, you're right. He just kind of, he, he keeps that in there. I noticed it at mm-hmm. that point, taking a little break to remind you of our presenting sponsor cufflinks.com. This season of better call Saul on daily DVR is presented by them. Our awesome presenting sponsor for over a year. Now, as I said, in the intro, they've got some great stuff coming out, go and pre-order some of those, the child products. And you know, Anytime you have an event coming up, head over to the blog at cufflinks.com, reach out to them. They will help you out. They're there to help you. And if you regularly check the site, they've always got sales going on. That's why I say just go over to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Check out the awesome sales. You can use our code DVR20 or you can use one of the codes that you'll find on the homepage. They've got it all. Look good when you step out in the morning. Elevate your style. You have a personal style. Make it, baby. Cufflinks.com today. One of the best parts about podcasting is getting to know the listeners and making new friends. And one of those friends is Andy. You may have heard me mention him before on one of our many podcasts. And Andy and his wife, Claire, are looking to adopt So if you or anybody you know is considering adoption for their baby, please consider the loving family of Andrew and Claire. They're a home study approved adoptive family of three living on a farm in southern Minnesota with a dog, Barney and two turtles. They're able to adopt from anywhere in the United States and would love to answer any questions you may have. To learn more about them, check out their Facebook page at Andrew and Claire Adopt or on Instagram at Andrew underscore and underscore Claire underscore adopt. You can also email them at Andrew and Claire Adopt at gmail.com. So again, if you or anyone you know is considering adoption for their baby, reach out at Andrew and Claire Adopt at gmail.com. Thanks. Um, what else do you want to talk about Jimmy and Kimmy, or do you want to move on? Uh, or?
1: I think I have one more thing to say about them, which was, um, when uh, Jimmy, he apologizes to Kim, right? For having too many shirts in the closet. Mm. He's got all this new flamboyant clothing. Um, but he says he's taking some back to Mrs. Wynn's, uh, which I think is very indicative of their impending split that they're already separating there. He's he's taking his clothes, you know.
0: Yeah, that's I like that. And you know, I was I was thinking a lot about the color theory stuff you talked about. And mm-hmm. that's interesting because it opens up and like she looks at the red yeah. and kind of like shakes her head and I think she ends up though wearing something that's like purple.
1: Yeah, she wears like she like it's like a blue, you know. Something she wears like a royal blue, okay. like a navy blue, like definitely into that. Just to briefly touch on it, it's interesting. Um, there's a lot of scenes in these episodes where it was very much about how people were relative to each other. Um, and this will segue us into Lalo and all them, I suppose, well. Um, for example, when Lalo is talking to um, the crew, you know, to Domingo and Nacho and all them, right? Uh, he's in blue and they're in red. And it's because he's laying down the law, I think, so to speak. You know, he is the boss, but he's not doing bad things right there, you know, and th- they are being... Uh, dishonest with him, basically. They aren't, they're not quite telling him everything. If you recall, so there was some, um, you know, some stuff was switched as, as he found out. Yep. If, yeah. So they weren't being honest with him. So they were in the red colors. Interesting. Um, so it, it is relative to one another, but you'll notice like Jimmy, when he's trying, when he's doing the college film crew scene, right? He's in this blue suit. And uh, so he's putting on this face of, of lawfulness and justice yeah. and good. But <laughs> underneath, he's in this yellow with this reddish, you know, messy t- looking tie, red pattern tie. That's um, awesome. It was very striking that, like, underneath he's showing those colors. The tent that he's in is this red striped tent. There's all sorts of reds there and yellows. Um, Yeah, a bunch of that. But it was an interesting episode for the color theory stuff for me where it really made me wonder. um, Because Lalo definitely more – he had um, some purples and blues. And, I mean, he isn't just a a force for (sighs) – Basically, what I want to say here, I suppose, is we see in in these episodes that Gus is very cruel and Lalo is portrayed in a nicer light.
0: Yeah. Well, Um, and in a sense, he is laying down the law of their cartel. Yeah. You know, so, and, and he, the reason why Lalo, I think, is obsessed with Gus is he's rightly obsessed. He knows Gus is up to something. And guess what? Lalo's right.
1: He's perceptive. Yeah. He's very perceptive. I really like this character. I I love Eduardo. He's fantastic.
0: I absolutely love him. When he's sitting there in the beginning and Nacho's. You know, they're doing the whole cash thing, Nacho and Domingo. And he's like, Werner Ziegler. Yeah. Ziegler. Yeah. <laughs> the guy is, we talked about like who's going to be great characters. And he is extraordinary. You know, it was a little, these two episodes, he really came out more, came out of his shell more. Because I think that when he was introduced last season, he had – there there was so much deep stuff had happened with Nacho and Gus and um, Hector that we were kind of off kilter a little bit and he kind of stabilized it. And now we see – I love the way that it's obvious now that the cartel sent him, right – and mm-hmm. his family to take over for Hector. But when he arrives, that's never said, right? Like he introduces himself to Nacho. He's like, oh, I just came down to, you know, see how things are going, you know? And he doesn't like take over immediately. He first starts investigating Gus and he's following Mike. He's not getting into the nitty gritty of how much money people are bringing in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I love that that shows such a smart character that he didn't just jump in and start saying, all right, we're doing it my way now. He first really surveyed the territory mm-hmm. and his real target is Gus. Mm-hmm. He's not really yes. concerned with the ins and outs of how who's bringing in what and how. He's going to let Nacho do that.
1: Also, so this brings me... Uh... To mind basically I, I can't help but think about the line we know from Breaking Bad, which is tell El- Eduardo it was Nacho. It was I mean it was Ignacio. It was Ignacio, right? Which makes it seem like again all of that, you have to assume that it's possible Saul is not in the loop anymore, that he doesn't yeah. know what the situation is. But it points to Eduardo to Lalo being alive, which makes me feel like he'll be called out of this situation eventually. They'll be like, you are wrong. He's Gus isn't doing anything. You're crazy. Come back. Um, so I don't know that I think he'll die just to put it out there. I can't help but think about it throughout as I watch all of this. And that happened to me in general with those Gus scenes, with seeing him building the lab and Lalo's wondering what it is. He guesses lab even. He thinks maybe it's a tunnel. Maybe it's a vault lab. Um, But I mean, we know how it's going to turn out. Lalo's not going to out him. Uh, He's not going to be part of Gus's, you know, betrayal because Saul seems to think he isn't. I'm not sure – yeah, I'm not sure what I think Eduardo's going to do, but it makes those scenes kind of I, – I like them a little less, I think, um, this year right now, this season so far. I am just way more aware of oh, okay. where it's going to turn out. That's interesting. Um, that Gus is going to find success, that he's going to do yeah. this. Um, and so
0: – Well, I, you it, don't necessarily know that – So I think that I was thinking about it. Okay. I was thinking about it from this angle. Gus says to Mike, we can't build anything as long as Lalo's here. Right? Yeah. Like he's messing everything up. I'm saying
1: like he needs to be sent away. He needs to not be here. He doesn't have to be killed.
0: That's what I'm saying. I think the way that I think that Gus would think this is going to be, if I kill him or he gets hurt or injured that just happened to his uncle, right? Yeah. I I can't kind of do another health crisis that is unexplained. So it has to be what I'm thinking about is when when they have the meeting where the represent the guy I don't remember the cartel guy's name who represents Don Eladio – and oh, they all come um, to the table. Don Juan, Don Juan. Oh, okay. How could you forget
1: <laughs> that's his name? I know. Tom I'm always Juan. amused when they're
0: after they have their little meeting and Gus spills his bullshit and they show the chicken thing, right? And okay, so we've
1: the chicken chiller, yeah, yeah, not the ch- a freezer, not a freezer, okay. <laughs> the yeah, and then that he- was. I mean, I just have to say, Gus is such a good liar. Oh. It was great. I mean, it he was humbles great. himself there. It's airtight. Yep. You know, he takes Yeah. Let's go show you this really boring thing that I'm immensely proud of.
0: It was, it was really fantastic. <laughs> but when, after he shows him the chiller, he, um, Don Juan tells, uh, Lalo, he's got to chill out that Gus is an earner, but he, they have the conversation about Gus's boyfriend. And about what happened in Santiago. And Mm -hmm. I wonder if Gus is going to be able to manipulate the past and things that happen to kind of turn things on, like on Lalo. Like that's the way he's going to get him kind of sent away or sent back or not trusted in some way.
1: Yeah. You know...
0: Because when they I, start bringing I, up the past like it, that, it makes me okay. think that.
1: An idea I have, I'm just now thinking about is, you know, he's saying, tell Eduardo it was Ignacio, it was Ignacio. Uh, the An idea I have is that there's going to be a setup of some sort, Right. And Saul's involved and, and Nacho's involved um, and he's putting it all off on him. It sets him up so that Nacho, mm. because he's now, you know, a number two or seemingly that high up, that he will have the great deal of power.
0: I like so that it. They,
1: but what what the setup does to him, whether it means he's going off to prison for a while, or if it means he's sent at, you know back home, I don't know. But the idea that it isn't that Eduardo, um, I mean, it is him knowing that they betrayed him, I suppose. But it's in a different manner. It's about a setup rather than scamming. You know, taking cuts or whatever I thought
0: before. Yeah. Well, I just hope that lalo stays around until like the end of the season at least because yeah i, I love you well i don't want yeah, he- i don't want it to happen too quick like i don't know that it's going to be about um let's talk a little bit about the stash house and all that yeah. kind of stuff that went down because i first of all the location of this was amazing that stash house was grimy yeah. as hell. It reminded yeah. me of The I Wire, like, oh, yeah. man, hiding bodies in the walls or something. That and, drain pipe
1: oh, method is just yeah, great. That and was fantastic. And I love fantastic. that one shot from the perspective of the meth, you know, yep. going down the pipe and got eagerly just waiting, head pressed up near the hole.
0: Oh, the
1: that whole one thing was uh,
0: funny. And, yeah. and it's so ridiculous, too, because – they have this like whole thing worked out, you know. He gets the money, right? The other guy, and they because it never—it's like the wire. They can't be in the same spot. Yeah. But every time, every idiot comes up and just leaves their car blasting music, right I know. <laughs> walks down uh-huh. Uh-huh. the thing to go get the, It's like you might as well just run up to the car, or go up. Like you're bringing so much attention to yourselves, and there's no one there anyway. You know, it's just like, it's kind of, to me, it was a bit of like that wire-like commentary on the war on drugs and the stupidity of it. And you know what I mean? Like it was just kind of a silly thing. It was almost, um, it had elements of like, almost like a Wild West kind of cartoon or something like that, you know, with Mm -hmm. the way everything went down and even the crew that was there uh was really kind of funny and i thought it yeah. was it was good when they actually um or it wasn't good but it was great it showed lalo when they go and check out when he figures you know he's doing his whole thing of the drugs are being stepped on and he just walks right past that kid with all the tattoos <laughs> like it's yeah, like I stop wait <laughs> uh, 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 yeah
1: i know i was like i this guy is clearly did not know who his bosses were. Obviously. Yep. He is very low down the totem pole.
0: <laughs> but it kinda shows you that that's how Lalo was operating, right? Like he didn't come in and everybody knows who he is. Everybody just knows Nacho and Domingo.
1: Yeah, and, they each know yeah. their different, you know, uh turfs. Obviously that seemed to be Domingo Crazy Eights as we see him get his name. Yep. Ocho Loco. Lalo names him. I thought that was awesome. And we also see how he gets involved with the law. I think we're about to see more of that. Eh?
0: Yeah. That this whole setup of, um, I
1: I really didn't think that that drug user sequence, the sticky and rod, I had no idea that it was going to tie in so perfectly to the nacho Lalo plot line. It was a nice surprise.
0: That whole, that whole opening to the second episode was fantastic. Yeah as soon
1: right as soon as you see they circled back to Jimmy's tent event <laughs> I think everyone has to know that we are in for a wild ride that's about to follow yep. one of these degenerates but I personally had no idea how ridiculous it was going to be they just went on the most massive bender ever god It was insane.
0: (laughs) They're just running out of groceries,
1: stealing a gnome, like
0: just weird. (laughs) And that gnome was great because if you notice, that sequence ends with the car is going away, and then they pan over, and then there's the gnome, and the episode ends with. The camera, uh, Nacho and Jimmy get into the car, the car pulls away, it pans over, and there's the broken ice cream cone on the ground. Yes. And Poor it, ice
1: it, cream cone.
0: Yeah, and it shows the cyclical – it's brilliant the way they wrote this, how the cell phones – We're trying to talk about like, how does he get into this underworld? It all comes back to those cell phones, but it's also as Kim warned him, you know, this is going to bring you down, like you're getting involved with this world. It's going to bring you into it.
1: Some darker people. I mean, I mean, she wasn't even saying that, like to the extent that I, I I don't even know how much she's realizing that he's not just doing business with, you know, petty, you know, criminals, but big criminals potentially.
0: I think that's, I I, that's I going to be that's interesting. Referenced.
1: I don't think they – I don't think either of them really think about that.
0: No, you're right because she's still kind of living that fantasy that, oh, he's just doing little scams and he's going to – you know, that he's not going to get involved like this with his clients. But then she doesn't know about the little bit of history he has with Nacho And then I don't think that he ever told Kim about that stuff.
1: No, I don't. So that's
0: kind of scary. And to see it come full circle that the act, you know, she's warning him. You're going to like encourage people to commit crimes. And he literally hands them the card. And by the end, it comes all the way back right to him. He might, he, he might as well have been handing that card to Nacho, you know, and he's getting embroiled into it it was really brilliant um i also want to talk uh, just mention also the lighting of that stash mm-hmm. house and nacho's we can't really talk about why nacho goes ahead and does this whole burglary without jumping a little bit into his story uh, with him and gus i didn't really understand at first i knew that those were gus's guys
1: yeah, like, at first, you, I mean, in the first moments, you have no idea who's grabbing him. Yeah. Most likely, I didn't. I mean, you see them pretty immediately, but for a brief moment, I was, I was, I really didn't know what side could have been grabbing him. It could have gone either way.
0: Yeah. And, and, um, well, I recognize that dude. Uh, I can't, no, I can't remember Victor his name. And Victor and Tyrus. Yeah. Um, yeah, they had
1: Victor and Tyrus, the two of them. But see, Tyrus is the, the black dude, and Victor's
0: the one that goes into his father's work. Oh, uh, okay. What caught me off guard was I guess I just assumed that Nacho and there's no scene to point to, it's just my wrong assumption that Nacho was already kind of communicating with Gus. But this scene shows us by threatening his dad and kind of laying him down, was he, I guess, was did Gus expect Nacho to be reporting to him? And because he wasn't doing it properly, that's why he does this? Or is this the impetus now for him to do it? Like I don't understand. I-, I wasn't sure if he was kicking it into high gear. Like, hey, I- since we did the Salamanca thing, I told you because I remember there was a scene where he's like, "We're going to keep in contact."
1: Mm-hmm. I think my interpretation is that Nacho just didn't have enough information okay. before that for Gus, and-, and Gus knew more was going on. We saw Gus learn that. Yeah, and but he kind of did. Ha- Lalo. Oh, I mean that. I mean Nacho knew that. I mean, well, he knew that that uh, that uh, Lalo was saying Werner Ziegler, yeah. and he knew he was saying about talking about Michael. But that happened. That we don't know how close that scene was to when he gets grabbed and when Lalo goes to talk to him to yeah. Gus, for and example. I, and I guess we'll the s- amount of time, but. Clearly Nacho hadn't told him between that amount of time. You're right. But I think it could have just been a short amount of time.
0: I guess that's true. Is like things are happening fast and Nacho it's I mean, I love the character of Nacho. And the reason I do is because this show has shown us his heart and that he really does love his dad and that he maybe doesn't really even want to be in this life.
1: Yeah, we haven't seen him how he got into it. You can imagine how he got into yeah. it. And obviously his good friend Domingo is in it too. Like he grew up situation where he got into it. Um, but he isn't cruel. He isn't mean, you know? He he generally does seem like a, a good dude who's in a bad situation. He does some really bad things, but and he's gruff and all the and all of that, but yeah he has a heart basically what you're saying and uh yeah i i hope he's he's alive <laughs> still <laughs> i hope he doesn't die
0: it's our hope for everyone we don't know we hope they survive but
1: the, That scene where they grab nacho and and make him watch as his father is mm-hmm. you know threatened uh Oh, that was so tense and, and scary acting. the way and, he just, yeah.
0: he was, and that was a lot of physical acting. I mean, yeah, they were in a tight place and he was pulling, like trying to shed them and they're yes. holding him back and he's just crying and it was and he's
1: just getting sweaty yeah. and he's, yeah. And he breaks and he just,
0: down all pretense of his like, you know, macho stuff. And it's just like, please not my dad, you know? And it's really yeah. touching.
1: Yeah, he's finally really coming to terms with how completely owned he is. I mean, he knew he had a shot, he had the passports, he could have left. And now he just knows these yeah. yeah, both sides have their grasp on him. Uh, it was it was rough. It Very was. rough.
0: And so now we have Nacho trying to get into the good graces of Lalo and this is what we have the great poker scene that you're talking about where he gets his name and also, but
1: it's also very, you know, uh, symbolic, very meaningful, obviously for them to be playing poker, (laughs) having their poker faces when they, you know, macho has to lie to him. It was definitely
0: a good, good shot. And they, and he's trying there to get into his good graces too, where he's like, so things are going good at the stat. You know, like, <laughs> we're earning a lot. And he's like, don't talk to me while I'm playing. <laughs> so he has to try to find a way to solve this problem. And when they pull up in the car in front of the stash house, or we just kind of, we jump there and we see that. I think the woman's already in the car.
1: Yeah. And, mouse.
0: <laughs> yeah. Kind of giving a breakdown of what happened And Lalo is just having so much fun with this whole entire thing from the beginning. And then when Nacho jumps out and does his Superman or Spider-Man routine, really. Yeah, uh, really. Yeah, Spider-Man. You're right. This thing was shot so well. And it's really hard. That's a lot of lighting to keep. Mm to be able to take shots, even then from like in the backseat and see through the window and you can clearly see what's going on and the lighting inside the car and the little street lamps. And it's so desolate. That was just such a beautiful location and such fantastic lighting.
1: Yes, it was. It was also a tense
0: scene. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. Another example of them doing these scenes where, It's like show, don't tell. And you Mm -hmm. just kind of watch Nacho doing it. And the whole time, Lalo's like, he's like eating. Yeah, it's like he's,
1: yeah. Watching a movie, just yeah, he really helped lighten the mood at least during such a stressful scene. Because I, I mean, I could have seen Nacho getting caught. Yeah, it was perfectly possible. Yep. I didn't like. I thought it was far more likely that he wasn't caught, but it was possible. Yep.
0: yep. Um. You, so that
1: made it tense, and in terms of his motivations, it made a lot of sense from mm-hmm. Nacho's perspective. He was good either way. If he got caught or if he didn't, right? Yeah. If he failed. He goes to prison, but he and his father are are probably pretty safe. He proved himself, right? It's
0: a great to Gus
1: and Lalo. Like he's proven himself dedicated. Gus is like, Well, he tried and Lalo's also thinks the same thing otherwise he succeeds and he proves himself again to both so yeah it's a perfect decision but just seeing him jump out of the car and race off and he looks like a madman to Lalo like he must just be truly dedicated it it makes him look real good when in, in reality he really is just saving his skin
0: and he's so desperate you know it shows how much what happened to him with Gus affected him that he's willing to put it on the line like that it's not uh it's a big risk right like yeah it is fucking nuts and they're sitting there watching having a great time and he's successful the way oh man the way they shot that now i maybe i'm tripping here but i thought that one of those guys looked like hank or am yeah, I just looking you know, for Hank?
1: I, I don't know. I didn't catch it. But to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Because, I mean, we're going to get some Hank.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's so, what we hear. And I, I, it, it my, looked my, to me.
1: Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get into it right here. Uh, my thoughts on this is, okay, we see Lalo right after this. Immediately after this, he gives Nacho more authority. And he also cooks him food and they have a nice meal. Oh my um, god
0: that looked so I was watching that
1: delicious I was like oh Lalo oh, can cook good good
0: that like him looked even more so good the way he put everything in the pan and was mixing it around and then they get a cold beer and it yeah. was late at night I was watching this and I was like man I would totally sit down and eat that
1: <laughs> But yeah so you know he gives them this respect of eating yeah. sitting with him and giving him the authority and then they talk about taking care of Domingo and you know, obviously, you can see Nacho's vulnerability that he doesn't want to hurt Domingo. He's known him for a long time. Their families are close. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, Lalo has a different plan, as we hear. A mysterious plan, right? And that's afterwards we get this convergence of Nacho and Jimmy. And so, and then the next time on, we see it seems like Jimmy's going to be his lawyer, Right. And so that's my guess is obviously is Jimmy's going to be going against someone like Hank or at least he's going to be around defending um, no, Crazy Eight, Domingo. Um, but to what end they're going to deal with this? I don't I don't know what Lalo's actual plan is there, but
0: yeah, because it, it could I can be... see the
1: pieces, right? Like you can see the yeah. pieces of all that. And Hank is, a, is one, I think for sure. I think we'll see him in the next episode.
0: I'll go out on a limb. I think that you could extrapolate that they know who Domingo is and that it is part of the larger cases that they're working on, you know, and that we know that Hank had been working on for a long time.
1: And do you remember what the deal was with Crazy A and Breaking Bad, by the way?
0: No, I don't.
1: What he was doing was informing on other
0: drug dealers. Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah, he was – he flipped. Like, I mean, it was – he was just using it. He would inform on someone and then he would take their clients, their customers and continue doing it. Um, And then Chuko obviously got out of –
0: I mean, he wasn't in prison anymore they went to him. Oh, this is – so you could see a line –
1: yeah, I don't know how much that will be for the Salamanca's benefit or not for it. Like it, it could start right, as for right. them, right? Like it could start as for the Salamanca's, and then Domingo Crazy Eight as maybe if they have less power. He does it himself, potentially.
0: That's interesting, and you could see though that also that leading somehow to disparaging Lalo. Yes, you know if he could get blamed for something.
1: Yeah, if um, they have but like that's would have to be later because right now Lalo is the one that has this plan for Domingo but it's interesting if he has the plan for him that Nacho's the one with the the knowledge of this mm, scam artist yeah. lawyer so I I I don't know how the pieces are going to be connected and what Lalo's like I don't feel like Lalo would be able to come up with the plan to do anything with a lawyer that would finesse this
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point. Like, you wouldn't think that Lalo's plan was Saul Goodman, you know, or like, Mm -mm. the way he said it, it didn't seem like he was like, there was some part we missed where he said, Oh, I want you to go find him a lawyer.
1: Yeah. You know, like like, it seems like he's
0: doing something different.
1: It seems like Lalo said he had a plan. There were some maybe pieces that could be moved some different ways it could be done. And Nacho said, hey, I have a guy for this. Yep. But what that what that needs to be done, I'm not sure. But I definitely has to do more with his, uh, I think, scammer side of things or just as much as his lawyer side of things.
0: And for Um, Lalo, it may have something to do with Gus.
1: Yeah, it is true. So maybe, yeah, maybe he—that's his goal. Yeah, to use it against him. Yeah, again, I just don't quite have all the pieces to have a a full theory here. But well, you know, we'll find out. We'll discover by
0: watching this awesome show. Yeah. Um. So you want to kind of uh, end things? I think talking about Mike? Mike. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think so. End it with. Maybe the most depressing thing of the episode <laughs> of the two episodes to me, uh, to be honest. I
0: know.
1: Uh, I don't know if you agree, but it's hard. Uh, you know, we see where Mike is in Breaking Brad, and you know he's he's a pretty bad dude. He is. He does a lot of bad things, but he's a family man too. And I just I like him so much, and I I hate seeing him like this. I don't know. It was painful. It really was painful. Yeah. Um, particularly obviously I'm referring to the Kaylee scene where he turns on her, he's feeling this trauma, right? Uh this adorable scene it's a nice light-hearted scene with the two of them that's a and, nice
0: fort too a nice clubhouse yeah, they're building yeah
1: they're building it together he's always talks really gently to her right mm-hmm. and then she just pushes it a little bit and keeps bringing up his fa- like her, her father his son and he's in the middle of thinking about like how he killed a family man a good man like it all just it's too much for him and he snaps which is terrifying to a grown man <laughs> yeah. Mike's fury, right? Like anyone would be afraid of that, but a little girl who's might not have ever seen him like that. Uh just his acting there, right? Where he's just like turns around, you know, and he's you can tell that Mike is actually trying to stop himself
0: from tearing up, I think. Right? I, I think and, and, he definitely was.
1: Yeah, And so he, like, tries to turn around. He doesn't want her to see. He wants to compose himself. And then instead of, like, he didn't let his sadness and guilt out anyway. So he just gets angry. He just lets it out in anger.
0: It was really heartbreaking. And
1: that's what happens, actually. Well, I'm sure you're about to get back to it, which is the scene with uh, all the construction workers. Yep. But, I mean, that's what happens there. He lets it out in anger.
0: <laughs> it's totally true. He's really... Choosing the dark side, you know, and killing Werner has sent him over his line and you, we've not seen him act like this to his granddaughter ever before.
1: No, not even in Breaking Bad. This was a a very dark moment for him. We saw him; he goes on this bender. You know, he doesn't take the retainer. He's just so even more disillusioned somehow with this criminal uh, enterprise that he's been, you know, dabbling in. Uh, He realizes what he's into. Uh, Yeah,
0: it's it's really terrible. I wonder. We first see Mike, where he's kind of forced to shake Lalo's hand, you know, and this is after killing Werner, and now he's got to shake. He knows this is like the cartel guys, and he's got to shake his hand. We see him um, with the Germans and letting them out in the desert which was just another great shot we just start in the car you know in that van mm-hmm. and we don't even know what's going on oh okay now i recognize it's them and i'm like are they oh, moving being, them to yeah, the other oh. place again because okay. remember there's that whole sequence of them having to get into that thing just yes. to go around to the laundromats so and no one saw them yeah um and then uh you know a couple of them have some really choice words for Mike, and he ends up smacking that one guy.
1: Yeah, Kai. He's the worst of all of yes. them. He continued to be the worst the whole time.
0: But he was kind of a red herring because I remember thinking that season that it yeah, was him, was Mike, was going to end up killing him. Yeah, not he Just was the guy who. Us. Yeah, he was the one who got piss who uh who got um uh too drunk at the strip club.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right? He's yeah. just yeah. It was Kai kind of sucks, and then that big dude Casper comes <laughs> up to him, right? And he's like, "He was worth fifty of you." Yeah. And Mike just has this clear respect for him, and it just, but also cuts him to his core. I yeah. feel like, you know, uh, just yeah. Do Painful. you think
0: that <laughs> Mike refuses? Um, Gus's retainer and Gus has to caution him. Be careful of what you say next, Michael. And he says, you know, you can keep your damn retainer. He's out because he was saying, hey, look, if Lalo's here, we can't build, but I'm going to try to take him out. I want to keep you around, Mike, because I want to bring you back for this. But I also thought it was because I might need you to help me a little bit with Lalo. So how does Mike get brought back in? At this point, I wonder if we're going to see any more of. Remember, he was hanging out with that woman in the support group? Yeah. I wonder if he's going to try to return to that. I just, I don't know where we go from here with Mike, because this he's actually just, yeah. really surprised me.
1: Yeah, because I it, I don't believe that in Breaking Bad it seemed like Gus was ever holding Mike's family, his daughter in no. law, his granddaughter over his head. He wasn't threatening him because uh, that wouldn't have gone very well. No. I it just would have ended in Mike dying or Gus. Dying, you know, it just it, nothing would have worked out. Um, so he wasn't doing that. So I don't like here in Better Call Saul. I don't think that he can bring him back in that way. Um, but I could. Uh, yeah, I, it is interesting. I, I could see someone on that side of thing, on the Salamanca side of thing. Lalo just somehow doing something that pisses him off enough that he's willing to go mm.
0: work with him, the, or Gus maybe approaches Saul him
1: when he needs him again. Yeah, maybe Saul.
0: Maybe Jimmy approaches comes him. Back in. Yeah, that's it would
1: possible. Be,
0: you know, do are we going to see Mike working back at the um at the at the parking yeah.
1: lot? Oh, no, that'd be so funny.
0: Right? Huh. And then yeah. he, who, guess who drives through? And yeah. then he's kind of brought so back in.
1: Then. That would be great. I would, I'd, yeah, that seems very possible to me. But I still, him being drawn back in seems hard. He isn't hurting for money. Yeah. You know, true. he doesn't have a reason to have to. And he's to smart it other enough than- to
0: know what's up. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: Exactly, but I, I I feel like Gus is convincing enough that something could happen, and Gus could approach him then and be like, "It's time for you to return," etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is why this is best, and then Mike would do it potentially. Like it's not it's not uh, inconceivable for me to imagine Gus just talking to him and they work
0: it out or that mike in the same i should or i should say in the same respect that mike accepts this is who i am you yeah. know and and that in a in a way maybe could even help move past what happened with his son and yeah. just say hey look we're rotten you know how some people get like that and this is the this is the breaking bad universe right there's a lot of rotten yeah. people who just think they're rotten and then they just keep on being rotten. I mean, we're seeing Jimmy do it.
1: Yeah. I, you mean, know? But you, I mean, you still see Mike. He, I mean, he does have his sense of justice and honor.
0: That's going to be his in, then, right?
1: In, yeah. Even in Breaking Bad, he has it. Um
0: Obviously, he has some
1: sense of it.
0: But it's far different from the Mike we've seen here. Yeah. Right? It's the true. things he does in Breaking Bad. So that's why I mean to say that he kind of comes to terms with his darkness and he accepts it and is like, this is the life I'm going to lead. Maybe he's just sitting around watching TV all the time and he gets bored.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is true that I mean, that is true
0: because Mike does. I mean, that's one thing we have to admit about Mike. We love him for his relationship with his son and his uh, granddaughter. And just because, hey, it's Jonathan Banks. He's a great actor, you know, but
1: he, he's, he's a straight he's a straight shooter. That's he's a straight I shooter. Like. That's one of the two. reasons I like him. Yeah. I like a character who tells the truth.
0: And he has his code, but, you know, he he has a code, but the thing is Mike still, he kind of gets off on this stuff. Like he does want to be involved, you know, he wants to be involved. I think
1: think it's a good parallel between Mike and Jimmy there that Jimmy has his addiction to scamming people, to getting one up on people, et cetera. And Mike has an addiction to, you know.
0: Anger, maybe.
1: Yeah, Yeah. anger to you know some amount of violence to getting revenge to you know righteous fury you know to all of that sort of thing. Just getting his aggression out there.
0: Mm -hmm. Out. That's kind of his fatal flaw. Is that he's attracted to this, you know, and that's I mean that's what we see in so many. Like you look at Kim too. She has to decide what the attraction is until. You know, she gazes into the abyss and the abyss gazes back into her.
1: Yeah, you know, it makes me think of as well. Um, when Kaylee's asking Mike, "What would, you know, did my father always want to be a police officer? Ah. And Mike says he didn't always, you know, and it seems like his son probably wanted to be a cop more, so, especially because his father was. I wonder if Mike always wanted to be a cop or always wanted to be in that kind of position. If he's always been the type of person that wanted that uh, to be in that sphere of things so to speak if you know what i mean
0: well uh, well maybe we'll get the uh, prequel prequel
1: yeah <laughs> right yes <laughs>
0: what we call it little mikey or something
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be, you know they'll do it man amc would be like print it out we need it for the yeah. streaming service put it along it'll the break with it'll be, walking I think dead it'll movie be
1: animated,
0: yeah there you go what I picture there you go right from the folks who brought you um, what's that uh, what's that show that on Netflix that everybody likes? You like that show, don't you? The uh, the
1: dark the horse?
0: Crystal? No, the, the, horse? the oh BoJack Horseman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was From like, I don't know of what BoJack you like. Horseman. It's Mike. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's Mike.
0: <laughs> that would make sense. That's a pretty dark show.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, that is true.
0: That could be funny.
1: So. I, I guess we got through everyone we did. pretty damn well. Yep. Looks like.
0: I think that I we're figure done.
1: Before we wrap it up, I, I want to ask, who was your number one standout out of these two episodes? What was your favorite-ish scene? You know, you can fudge and say a couple, you know, I'm generally.
0: I think for me, Lalo takes it. Um I mean I love I love the journey we're seeing Jimmy and Kim on everything but Lalo just was like a steam train and the my favorite scene was him watching and Nacho doing his Spider-Man routine. I just thought that was incredible the way they shot the, that's very hard to do to have like things happening so far and then you know you can sense the space and people running back to the car and everything. That was great. And yeah, Lalo, he takes it. Oh, How about very you? Very
1: nice. I am pretty close to saying Lalo. If you hadn't said Lalo, I might have, but I'll make it even I'll say nacho. We're both yeah. the Lalo Nacho plot line is is what takes it for us, uh for these two episodes, I suppose. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, for similar reasons uh, as you, but in addition to, it's just been a lot. I've just been dying for more nacho, and I, I'm glad to see that this season is clearly going to be more of his season.
0: I, I think, you know what, I'm waiting for because the scenes with Hector or the scene with Hector and Lalo when he's pouring the whiskey into his cup and they're kind of yeah. talking, and he's like, That
1: was actually really sweet and tender.
0: It was, and it was, I think there was also. There, yeah they it really i mean it reminds me of the scene when he gave him the bell was too there is a love yeah. i think he feels like yeah, you know he, how he in some families uncle. yeah i almost feel like lalo always liked his uncle maybe even better than his dad or something like there's a story there yeah where he always wanted to take after him and but also um uh hector was kind of saying to him follow the money like if 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 gus doesn't have the money if he's not making you know like he's kind of trying to push an idea and i wonder where that's going to come but i wonder if we're going to get a scene where nacho comes and visits hector with lalo i'd love to see that mm. that would be a lot of fun because i think yes. you know hector's i think hector picked up on what was going down and yeah, he definitely knows what yeah. gus was doing
1: yes Mm. And so, yeah, favorite scene for me. Oh, I, d- I really did love that montage of, uh, well, that that sequence of the of sticky and Ron doing their vendor. <laughs> just that, whole, just that sort of wild uh, rampage. Just really high up there for me. Might oh, be what fun. I say. I, I think I'm gonna go with that. Uh, yeah, a little besides the norm. Just, I mean hardly any dialogue just this this, yeah intense experience where i was just constantly the whole sequence was going what what (laughs) Uh,
0: and the thing is too groceries at the end of everything they ended up they did that whole thing and then a little while later they got a better car they got you know right they got the money and they're and they want they got 10 bags man you know they didn't even get caught by the cops at the end it was domingo (laughs) <laughs> yep right uh, they got yeah. away with all of that
1: uh well they didn't get away yeah, they got i guess, it didn't look i don't know if they drove away oh they well, ran i guess yeah. they ran away i don't
0: think that was <laughs> but their car
1: they got away yeah they got away they didn't get the car they stole and they didn't get the drugs they paid for
0: yeah but they didn't get but they didn't get know, caught though they didn't go to jail yeah
1: that's the most important They. but that means they're not gonna catch the window for their 50 percent off <laughs> deal <laughs>
0: yeah that's true all right well this was a great episode i had a fun time is there anything else you wanted to talk about
1: no i am completely fine
0: cool me too this was very fun uh we want to thank everybody for listening thank everyone for downloading give us those reviews subscribe do all that kind of stuff visit dvrpodcast.com visit history of westeros follow uh at Marinese not and i'm w axel foley and uh, i think that's all we got thanks everybody peace out